So maybe you can fire up my presentation, please, Sophie. Um, we've been looking at the fact that we're in a spiritual battle over the last couple of weeks, um, and just kind of thinking about what that means. So we, we kind of split that up into two parts. Um, and, and today I want to think a little bit about knowing your enemy. And again, this 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 was going to be one message, but it's now too uh, too too much to fit into to one message. And the, the verse that we've been looking at is in Ephesians. We find it in chapter 6, and I'm going to read through this again. It's entitled in my Bible, The Armour of God. And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, not in our own strength, but in God's strength. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against other people but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. We've considered the fact that we're in a battle, as I've said, and opposition can come from all sorts of places. But we need to remember that our opposition isn't people. Our opposition is a spiritual enemy. And today, I just want to focus for a little while on who that enemy is, and I have a very, very short time to do that. I'm going to bore you with another C.S. Lewis quote, which I've used before. But for me, it's an incredible incredible quote. It's in the Screwtape Letters, if you've ever read that. And he says, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race, the people that we surround ourselves with day in, day out, that we can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight. You know, this book was published in 1942 in the war years. At that point in time, C.S. Lewis was on the radio talking about faith, talking about Christianity to a, a society that needed to hear about what he had to say. But the sad thing is that so many people fall into that first category, that they disbelieve in the existence of a real spiritual enemy. Back in 2009, a nationwide survey of American adults uh, of their spiritual beliefs was undertaken by the Barna Group. Um, and, uh, sorry, suggested that those... Oh, sorry, I've lost my place in my notes. Uh, let me skip on. I'm going to skip to this slide. I've lost my place. They interviewed 1,871 people who said they were Christians, who uh, claimed to be Christian. And what they discovered was that many of their beliefs were contradictory or at least inconsistent. And the the survey explored beliefs about spiritual beings, the influence of faith on their life, views of the Bible, and reactions to faith, faiths other than their own. And one of the things that came up in this survey was that four out of ten Christians strongly agreed that Satan is not a living being, but is a symbol of evil. Forty percent of people who profess to be Christians don't believe in an actual enemy, an actual Satan. 
Um, but one of the things that the survey found was that even within that, there was inconsistency in what people believed. Because within that group, about half of the Christians who believed that Satan is merely a symbol of evil, nevertheless agreed that a person can be under the influence of spiritual forces such as demons. That's just contradictory. You can't say, I don't believe in that, but then I believe that it can have an effect on me. Okay, it's inconsistent. And what it highlights to me is that we need to be clear in our teaching as the church about what the Bible has to say about who God is, who we are, and what is going on around about us. And I think the Bible is very clear about that. One of the conclusions in the report was this, that Hollywood has made evil accessible and tame, making Satan and demons less worrisome than the Bible suggests they really are. If you think about that, television, uh, movies, the, the way that evil is portrayed uh, has, has maybe affected the way that we think about these, these things. And I think there's a danger that we can become desensitized to the fact that we live in a world that is filled with evil. Um, you know, we, we see those realities on our TVs time and time again. And I just wonder how much it actually impacts us when we see these things. I, I think I've argued with guys uh, about this for years, since, since I was young in, in Mitsubishi working as uh, a technician there, talking about the things that we watch, the things that fill our minds, the things that uh, get into who we are as a person. And, you know, some people strongly disagreed that what comes in has an effect on us. They disagreed with that. And I'm thinking, well, how, can, how can you say that? If you sit watching violent movies all the time, it's going to, it's going to have an effect on, on the person. Um, but anyway, that's, that's my, my kind of personal opinion. I'm going off at a tangent. Um, but the, the reality is that we live in a world that is filled with things that we see day in and day out, and we can become desensitized to them. You know, I was thinking, I never mentioned it last week, but it really had a huge impact on me watching the TV a couple of weeks ago uh, when we saw what happened in Vegas and uh, what, what was possible through one person. Uh, it just, I found it so disturbing to, to watch that. And, and one of the problems with, with TV and, and the news is that it's all over the place. And you get it time and time again. You get bombarded with it and you think, I find myself in the place sometimes where I can't actually handle watching any more news. I just can't handle it because I think as a Christian, I need to do something about it. But you can't, we can't do everything about every situation. We just, we just can't do it. And so I think somewhere in here, the church as a whole, the global church, needs to rise up and needs to be what Jesus called it to be. And so maybe I can't do very much about the families in Vegas, other than pray a prayer at that point in time and pray that God comes into that situation for somebody, somehow, that some good can come out of that. But we all need to play our part. And I, I think the Bible is very clear that we have a real enemy. Um, and we need to be aware of that. Um, one of Job's comforters said this, people are born for trouble as readily as sparks fly up from a fire. 
every time I see a fire and every time I see sparks coming up from it, it's just a, th a thing that I love. I love watching an open fire. I love watching the sparks go up into the sky. It's just incredible. But it reminds me of this verse that people are born to trouble as surely as the sparks fly upwards. And I think as, as human beings, you know, you look at what we've achieved in the world and we've achieved some incredible things. You look at that building uh, in the Middle East, the Burj Khalifa, whatever height it is, the tallest building in the world at the moment. It's just an incredible structure. You look at what we've been able to achieve through technology and medicine and, and all sorts of things. But then I think technology has been used in such horrendous ways as well. Even today, the internet has so many good things about it, but it's just an absolute cesspool of all the wrong kind of stuff. It has the power to be used for good, but also for bad. And we as human beings have the power to do so much good, but we equally have the ability to accomplish so much bad. And uh, I just wonder, you know, when I look back at history about some of the things that have happened in our world, are we really possible as people of accomplishing these things without an other influence? See, I believe there is a devil. I believe there is spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. And I believe that they influence people day in and day out. And I believe when Jesus says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, that he's talking about the devil and his purpose is to steal and kill and destroy from people. That's his purpose. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and life in all its fullness. I was just thinking about some of these things. I'm going to flash up some pictures. The Holocaust, as an example, which began in 1933, was responsible for the murder of six million Jews, as well as others that were racially impure. And I've watched the documentaries. I've watched the documentaries about the testing that was done in human beings. People who maybe that society looked down on and thought less of. Six million people. It's just, it's incredible. I think about Hiroshima. I passed by Hiroshima many years ago. Um, I didn't get a chance to stop there. Um, I asked Japanese people when I was there about this, but nobody really wanted to talk about it. On the 6th of August, 1945, between 60 and 80,000 people died in the immediate blast. 135,000 people and six square miles of a city annihilated. Nagasaki, a few days later, the 9th of August, 1945, 40,000 people killed in the immediate blast, 50,000 all in. And I think, are we really possible, are, are we really capable of doing these things on our own? The killing fields of Cambodia, which I mentioned last week, two million people. And it's not ancient history. This is within living memory. Rwanda, 1994. I was working in Mitsubishi at the time, where an estimated 800,000 people were killed in the space of 100 days because of ethnic differences and racial differences. Where does evil come from? Does it come from within ourselves? I don't think anybody can deny that we live in a world where we see evil manifested all the time. These are only five, uh, four examples 
uh, of man's inhumanity to man. And there's all sorts of scales that we can look at this on. And I believe that the purpose, the, the, the reason that we are like this is because there is a real force for darkness in the world. There is a real devil. There is a real person whose purpose is to destroy people's lives. And I think the Bible is very clear about that. And I'm going to fire through in three minutes. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to do that. But I will start. I will start. I'll make a start on it. So it's good. this sermon is going to be over three weeks now, and not two. Um, but this enemy of our souls, the Bible uh, has a name for this person. His name is Satan, which means adversary. And he's talking about your opponent in a contest. Remember, remember the passage that we looked at. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against people, but against a spiritual enemy. Satan means adversary. And we see Jesus refer to Satan during the temptation, that period that followed his baptism, where Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And we'll maybe come on to look at the story of the temptation because there's so much we can learn from it, not just about temptation. Jesus referred to this person who came to him as Satan. And we also see Jesus refer to Satan as he speaks through Peter. Jesus has been talking about what was going to happen. He's, going to talk, he's talking about he's, the fact that he's going to die uh, on the cross. And Peter says, no, no, that's not going to happen. And Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. He calls Peter Satan because he recognizes that his battle isn't against flesh and blood. It's not against poor old Peter, but it's against who's speaking through Peter. You do not have the mind have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Matthew 16, 23. The Bible also refers to him as the devil, which means accuser or slanderer. Now let me just say, when you hear an accusation about somebody else, be careful what you believe. Right? As we said before, when there's doubt about something, there's dispute, there's your version and then there's my version, and then somewhere in the middle there's the truth. Okay? Don't believe every accusation you hear. In your own head, you will hear accusations about other people, people in the church, people in your family, people in your community, people in your school. You'll hear accusations. I ask you to stop and think about those accusations. I've done it myself even recently when there was things going on in my head, and I thought, Wait a minute, where did that come from? Where did that thought come from? Take every thought captive, the Bible says. The devil means false accuser or slanderer. And we see this in Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1. Been reading through that that book. And uh, it says, Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel, the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him a real enemy, an accuser. The Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And I've experienced that myself. I've experienced where things are in my head that I've been thinking about, and I think, I actually don't know where that came from. That's not my thoughts. That's not what I think about that person. 
And so we need to be really careful and we need to challenge ourselves. The devil is a very real enemy. And, you know, we really are kind of running out of time. But I want us to really think about this. I want us to think about the fact that we're in a spiritual battle. And every time we, we do something in one of the ministries in the church, every time we get alongside somebody, every time we hand somebody a glass of water in Jesus' name, every time we give somebody a food parcel in the food bank, every time we speak to somebody about our faith, what we're doing is we're bringing light into a dark world. We have the opportunity to push back the darkness and to bring the light, because Jesus said of himself, I am the light of the world. He is the one that is wanting to shine through us. And our lives need to be lives that are transparent enough for God to shine through us and for other people to see him in us. And I pray that as we continue in this study that we're challenged by this, that as we're challenged, we're challenged in our thinking, we're challenged uh, about the way that we approach the situations in our lives, that we think about a different way to approach them. And that we remember that God is ultimately in control, okay? God is in control, not the devil, not the evil forces. It might seem like they've got the upper hand at times, but God is in control. And he is the one that we come to. He is the one that we pray to. He is the one that we ask to bring deliverance for the captives, to bring freedom for the captives. So let's bow our heads. Musicians, come back up, please. Father, we thank you that you have shown us so many things through the life of Jesus. Father, we thank you for all that's been recorded in your word about him, about his interactions with people, his interactions with you, and also his interactions with spiritual forces of wickedness, interactions with the devil himself. And Father, we thank you that we can learn from these, and we pray that you'd help us to learn from these, and to remember that our battle is not about other people, but Father, against rulers, authorities, and powers, and spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Father, help us to have our eyes open to what is behind situations. Father, help us never to approach things in our own understanding and in our own strength, but Father, to go into situations knowing that you are there with us, Father, whatever that situation might be, Father, that situation might be in our own homes. And Father, you know every heart here. Father, you know the things which are burdening us. Father, that situation might be in our workplace. And Father, you know, again, the things which are on our hearts. Father, you know the things which are trying to pull us down. But Father, we pray that you bring light into every situation. Father, that you just open things up. Father, that nothing would be hidden, that everything would be brought into the light. And Father, we pray that through your power, you would accomplish your purposes. Father, help us to realize that it's not about us. It's not by might nor by power. It's not our own strength, but by your spirit, says the Lord. And Father, we pray that you'd help us to walk in the reality of that. Father, we pray, bless every person who's in this building today, those who are on holiday. Father, those in our families, Father, we pray that you just bless this community, that you bring light into this community. And Father, that you push back the darkness that's in this community. And Father, just as we heard some of those statistics this morning, Lord, we realize that behind that, or behind many of those situations, there is perhaps a spiritual force at work. And Father, we pray that you'd help us to bring light and life into those situations. 
Father, bless every ministry of this church. And Father, may we know your strength and purpose through all the things that are done. Father, help us to rely on you. And Father, help us not to depend on our own strength and wisdom. So Father, bless us this day, Father, as we take up our collection, as our, as our offering to you, Father, as we sing our closing song, Lord, we pray that it would again be worship to you. And Father, as we fellowship around tea and coffee, Lord, just bless our time together. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.